old hammer. The term means different things to different people, doesn't it? On this episode, we're going to talk about that with Garth James, who's an organiser of the annual Bring Out Your Lead event, which takes place deep in the chaos wastes, otherwise known as England. Let's dive in and find out what's on Garth's painting table right now. Oh, I got I got loads. I under I, I undercoat loads of things with intent, right? And and then they all sit there. So, uh, in fact, I think twenty two's painting promise is finish painting. Or if I just finish painting the stuff I've undercoated, right? That would be the twenty twenty two. <laughs> taken up right but at the moment it's it's i've got six uh heavy horse i suppose for for a third ed imperial army you know so the old the old um i suppose, I suppose they're foundry knights right but um imperial hohenskrachter something like that whatever they're called so that's that's there i've, I've got some plague plague bearers after that i've got <laughs> whites after that i've got yeah I've got some grey knights I want to get. Oh man, it, yeah, it, there's a lot. There's a lot in the There's a big painting table. <laughs> a lot of junk. When you talk about undercoating, then do you go white? Do you go black? Or do you go? Is it the zenith? All they call it that method. Um, yeah, exactly. I've, I've kind of started doing that. So I, I do a dark grey and then a, a, a white zenith, depending on what it is, right? So for the knights, they they're they're dark grey because uh, they're all going to just be covered in metal. But yeah. So I used to do black. I, 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 yeah, I, I, <laughs> dark grey. I don't know why. I don't know why I changed. It's, uh, it doesn't make a difference to me. I don't know. I haven't painted stuff enough to. Uh... I've I've been uh, for the last year or so. I've been doing the black, then the the grey sear over the top. And then I've been using the contrast paints and not very many of them, just like browns and that. And I found it comes up really well, like it's very minimalist. Um, but it, I almost feel bad because it, it looks better than my ability is, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, I, I think I'm not capable of it because I suppose, you know, the contrast paints and stuff like that, they're, they're designed to make it easier, aren't they? So, well, that's, I'm looking forward to part of my plan. So, I, I mean, my, my big plan, what I'd really like to do, right? I've, I've got, um, the in White Dwarf 157, there is a battle report between a little empire army and a massive goblin force, right? Um, and I now have accrued that goblin force, right? This is a fourth ed battle report. And so my plan, I, you know, I now need to paint that thing. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, my plan is to acquire all the contrast paints. <laughs> it's the only way I can see myself getting through there, right? Contrast the hell out of those things and call it done. So I've never used contrast paints yet. Um, and that's probably going to, that's, and again, right, I'm going to undercoat a bunch of stuff. All the other undercoated stuff I just said, <laughs> just going to get pushed to the back of the queue. And, um, you know, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll put them on the front and and have a go, right? But uh, it's it's hard. I've I've stopped painting armies. I, st- I paint what I like, if you know what I mean, um, as opposed to trying to paint units. And that's that makes it um, that means I've got a mishmash. That's why, in fact, that's why it looks like it does because I've just got this mishmash of stuff that that um, it's fun to paint, but it doesn't make a cohesive force of, of any description. <laughs> yeah, magpie syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, magpie syndrome. So we we want to chat about um, old hammer today and bring out bring out your lead. So mm-hmm. I, I think a good place to start is um, the term old hammer. I've I've seen it mean many different things to many different people. What's your definition of old hammer, if you have such a thing? Yeah, no, there's there's a 
every six months, if you just pop that question right on Facebook, what is old hammer, you know, and what's the explosions? I think, to, honestly, I think old hammer is the, and it's relative to everybody, right? But I, I, I can't help thinking most people would probably relate to this. I think it's the thing where you hark back to the time that you, for want of a better phrase, fell in love with the hobby. Right in the honeymoon period, the six months, you know, when you're looking at the books and you're looking at the, the, the pictures or the painted figures or the, you know, and you're loving, you're loving this stuff. Um, that, and, and you just, you, you just captivated, right? That uh, you're going back to that period, to those figures, to those games. And there probably would have been the time you're trying to convince your friends to get into the thing. You're saying, look at this amazing thing I found, look at these cool orcs with guns. And your friends are like, such a loser, you know, um, stay away from me, you know, whatever, whatever it is. But you're trying to convince people to get into this stuff and some people bite, right? And then you've just got that place where you've got a few little figures and you just managed to paint them and you're using Humbrol and it's, <laughs> it's awful, but you're loving it, right? And you're looking in the books thinking, how do I get that stuff? How do I get, how do I get those, those trees? How do I get that scenery? How do I get all that stuff? I think that's all time. That's us all coming back to trying to rebuild that experience i suppose that's yeah because the the first time i came across the term and i thought oh that that sounds right um for my era which was like i think my first white dwarf was like late 1993 um and when i looked like you're saying there's discussions all over the place and then i i, I seen some people pushing against that and saying no no that's actually hero hammer and i was thinking <laughs> well it, it, it sounds good enough to me i'm going to just uh continue to call it old hammer even though you know, I, I remember, I, I'm not really on social media, but I'd posted a photo of, uh, it was a White Dwarf, one of my first White Dwarf magazines. So, like I say, about 1993. And this guy replied, and he's like, you think that's old? Here's an older one. And it was almost <laughs> like, well, obviously there are older ones. Like, I didn't say it was the yep. first edition. Um, so, yeah, you do get a bit of that, don't you? Like, one-upmanship on who could, who could exactly be Exactly right, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, it's interesting, because we've, we've watched this, obviously, over the years as it's developed, as, as there's been a bit of brinkmanship, and who's who's the old old hammerist of, of all the old hammerers, you know? And it's it's a, it's a silly exercise, right? Because you're getting people that are coming in who, who, who weren't even born at that point. They weren't even born when we were playing the first edition, but they're loving you know, the really old editions, they've got the old figures. And then equally, you've got people who who were there. <laughs> you know, they worked for Games Workshop, they were making the figures, they, you know, and, and they're loving the new plastic stuff, right? So it's, it's it's you know, to, to coin a governmental phrase, it's not helpful <laughs> to try and categorize <laughs> uh, Old Hammer anymore. I mean, my, my personal Old Hammer, I guess, is the third edition of Fantasy Battle, uh, going into the fourth edition, right? So that kind of window, probably about 88 and 93, 94 is, is probably like, that, that's my honeymoon period, right? And and for two, they both look very different, those two editions, you know, the, the change between them and suddenly, you know, third edition, these these really thin kind of small figures and, and they're lovely in their own way. And they're very, I guess, Tolkien-esque. And then fourth edition, is suddenly everyone's in the YMCA pose, you know, and they're holding their arms up and, they're all painted red, and and it's it's just so ridiculous. You can't help but love it, right? It's uh, yeah. That's that's my personal opinion, I guess. They when we look back at the aesthetic, and I I know there are different aesthetics over the years when we look back at, at the old hammer, if you like, period. But I always wonder what it is about it. Um, you know, I, I, did did you ever have the combat cards, the Citadel combat cards? I didn't did you ever know. Roll a deck of those. 
So no, that I've was never like, heard of them until I got into all <laughs> as an adult, right? <laughs> the what? I've got all, what are these things? All these board games and stuff that I'd never heard of any of those things right, when I was a kid. Months. No, that that was like my very, very first um, Games Workshop product. And I didn't even know what Games Workshop were. They were just in a gift yeah. shop somewhere. And I got the Goblinoids mm. and it was like, you know, um, Fungus, the Loon, uh, Snotlin, Warrior and stuff. And I'm like, this is mental. Like, yeah. um, And just the aesthetic of it, you know, they looked a bit, they looked comical in their own like cute way. And when you look at the miniatures now, obviously the quality is is fantastic. But I look at them and I'm like, Nobody looks like they're having any fun here, <laughs> you know. The miniatures yeah, now they're yeah. very pious, yeah. or um, and, and I wonder, you know, because you do get you get folk in their twenties or teens that want to do the old hammer thing because they like the aesthetic, even though mm-hmm. on a technical level, it's a no brainer towards you know the new stuff because it's so finely detailed. So I just wonder what it is about the aesthetic that still pulls people into this day. I think it's because the the figures that they sculpted at the time, you know, these these are, I mean, essentially these are artists sculpting little miniature statues, right? And and so there's some love going in, you know, there's some artistic kind of, I think it would be funny to have somebody hitting somebody else with a mushroom. You know, I think it would be awesome to have, you know, whatever, large tooth, you know, orcs with giant teeth, whatever it is. Um, and there's, there's some kind of artistic love, you know, for what they're doing. You know, they, they, they like what they're doing. They're making something fun. They're invested in what they're doing. Um, and there's no corporate line that you have. There's no, there's no set pattern or, or style or anything that, that they have to follow, right? And you look at it now, you know, I'm pretty sure there are guidelines. And I don't know that, but, you know, there are guidelines in, into how you should make, you know, they, they need to look like this. They all need to look the same, you know, because they must be cohesive, I guess. And I think as well that, you know, in those days, you couldn't sculpt these crazy epic dynamic poses. Or so not you couldn't sculpt them, you couldn't uh, mold them, right? Uh, whereas now, obviously, you can. And so I think people have become addicted to the crazy. I'll make every single figure look like this amazing dynamic pose and all the bits of scenery stuff and whatever. And it just... It could, what it leads to is a force that is just so impossibly dynamic and amazing. It just it it doesn't scan well to the eye, right? Whereas you look at old Hammer armies, and there's lots of people, you know, like in real battlefields, standing around literally doing nothing right? and looking bored with the fact. That's what the figures look like, you know, and, and we love them for that. So I think that's I think it's because the sculptors don't don't really love what they're doing. I think I, I don't. I haven't actually spoken to a modern kind of plastic. I don't really even know how they do it, but they're doing it on on CAD, right? They're they're, they're making these these things digitally, so it's a, it's a different process, you know. And they're too perfect. The figures today are too perfect. The beauty, like I said, the quality is amazing, but the, the, it's, it's it's almost like you, when you look at all the um, the thirty-eight figures and like they've all got things on the, like. Um, braces or something like bands on their arms, you know, because that's a place where the sculptor would have cut the hand off and put something else on there. And then the only way you can hide that is to why you put something on the arm, you know, and they've all got like all this unnecessary, why have they got all that stuff? Because that's how the sculptors had to make it work at the time. And it just makes them beautiful, right? They're, they're literally covering sins. I always laugh because that, you know, all the metal miniatures and that that I, that I buy and paint and the amount of uh, pouches and bags and stuff. I'm like, how, how many sandwiches did you take to this battle? <laughs> uh, you know, like if you were really going to war, it's like, um, how just how many handbags could I wear? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What have you no, got in there? Exactly. But I know that that's, it's because that's um, the sculptor, you know, it makes it a bit 
easier to produce the miniature, doesn't it? I have no that yeah, stuff exactly. hiding. You're hiding you're hiding the sins, right? The places where you, you 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 took the dolly and you know you made a thing and then you made another thing out of that thing, but you had to change it a little bit, yeah, and you hide the sins with yeah, pouches and, and, and other nonsensical things to carry into fights, yes. Do you uh, do you like the monopose aesthetic? Because I know that divides opinion. Uh, big huge did, units and everyone's exactly the same. When when I started, I was deeply opposed to it. It offended me, right? But as I've as I've grown up, and you look back at that that honeymoon period, you know that that same thing I'm talking about. You know, and you realize there was so much monopose in that window. You know, I can't help but love it. Eventually, there are some figures that are, are, are just truly, I, I can't stand them. But uh, you know, most monopose now, I'm I'm okay with. Right? I I I collect a bit of monopose. You know the. The four-head beastmen, I, I love the um, the the, <laughs> the four-head halberdiers. I love those two, you know. But yeah, some of them, some of them, the the things that came from um, uh, not Hero Quest. What's the uh, Battle Masters? I think some some of the oh yeah the, the yeah, beastmen from that Masters. are awful. They just offend me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, by and large, I I'm way I I love them. Yeah, no, I I've I've got plenty of monopose now what i am um, my memories of um monopose as well and the units that i collected back in the day you'd get the metal command unit and your plastic monopose and i was probably doing something wrong but on our games when we were young and you'd move a unit they're all plastic so it's very light but you've got this weight at this front you always a musician with some sort of heavy implement and he'd just fall over and yeah. because he was metal he would chip uh, yeah. so it was like you know, probably just need and people are still making plain. tables with with sand, literally yeah. sand paper that you can drag. You know, it falls over and then you push it forward and you scrape it. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you put blue tack on the back of the base to try and keep it down, and then you break the banner when you lift it off. Because, yeah, no. <clears throat> Relate. So what? Uh, what were some of your favourite monopause units? Then I think you mentioned the beastman there. Yeah, the Fawcett Beastman. I mean, I suppose every, everybody can't help but, you know, I suppose the High Elves. Right? <laughs> Thousands of High Elves. The, Everyone's the, well, the goblins, painted a lot of them. Exactly right, yeah. The the, the, the goblins and, and High Elves from that Fawcett set. Um, I said the, the Empire Helbert, Helbert is, the, the unit of Altdorf, whatever it was, the 30, which I believe are awful to paint. I've, I've never actually painted one. But... Um, I quite like the, the battle. Ma- the uh, you know, I said battlemaster beastmen are awful, but the battlemasters, you know, the imperial side, you know, their swordsmen, their halberdiers. I, I, I love those. They're, they're good. Um, even those chunky skaven that didn't rank. I like them. Oh, and the beach balls. Love, love those dwarves. Those little round dwarves that that the Mayfair force. I love them. Love those. those. I really like the the chaos dwarf ones. Um, oh, I, I found a couple yeah. of those. My my brother he. He had Chaos Dwarfs when we were wee, and he's got a couple of boys now. And I was, I was uh, a few months ago, I was round at my mum's, and I was just playing with one of them, this old toy box, you know, Lego and stuff. And I found a couple of Monopose uh, Chaos Dwarfs. Yeah, so yeah. I just kind of, you know, he's he's three years old, and I'm slipping these into my pocket. You know, I feel like I'm stealing <laughs> from him. I took them home and painted them up, and I sent my brother a photo. I was like, oh, I found these. Um, so I had, I had good time. I painted a, painted a couple of them. I don't know if I could have done like a whole unit of them but it was fun just to to go back and yeah. and know that you're just use you're just painting a unit for the fun it's not working towards building an army or that there's a certain satisfaction in that but a creative freedom um 
Aye, so bring out your lead. Tell us a bit about it. So it's a it's a um, old hammer get together. Um, I know that you don't maybe like the word tournament. <laughs> exactly right, because that's what it ain't, right? It, 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 yeah, bring out your lead is not a tournament. It's um, and that's and, and we had to make that distinction, right? Because I guess up until now, wargamers gamers have learned that when you come together, you know, thirty people come together to a place to play games, it's a tournament, right? Because that's what, what else would it be? You know, we've just been indoctrinated into this, this ridiculous position. Um, and so, you know, in a way, if you, if you think, if it's related to kind of cards, I suppose, you know, the, you know, re- regular get togethers are kind of like race tournaments, you know, um, old hammer is kind of like a classic car, you know, rally you get together, you, come and put these beautiful cars in the field and everyone looks at them like, oh, wow, that's amazing. You get to drive them, but no one actually races the things because why would you, right? <laughs> unhappiness lies that way. It's the same with Bring Out Your Lid. Bring Out Your Lid is, is not a tournament. It Obviously, you're playing war games. Some, somebody's going to lose in a war game, right? That's how they work. But the, um, the intent is to take away the competitive nature that you can win, you, you can beat everybody else. You know, you're the best and they're not. Something takes out the list building, the meta, all, all that stuff, all the dirty horror that that you know competitive gamers bring. And let's be clear, there is a place for that. I know people love that, and there are some people who love Old Hammer who also love the they love looking in the books and finding the horror and bringing out just bringing the pain, right? They love that stuff, and there's a place that you're welcome to to that, but it's not bringing out your lid, you know. And and that's most of the play. When you go to bring out your lead, you're going there for narrative gaming. You're going there for, you know, like you, you, what I guess what what got us the the people that do this old old hammer. You asked the question, what is old hammer? I think one of the things that is fairly constant though in anybody's old hammer is the the desire for. I'm going to say narrative games, right? As opposed to rules-led games you've got 2000 points i've got 2000 points we've got a synchronous battle that you know that is supposedly fair right it's um that doesn't reflect you know when when we're looking at these these figures on the table you know a lot of us are seeing the lord of the rings in our head you know you're watching the movies and the horsemen come down the hill and the light shining behind them you know the rules don't cover that there's there's nothing that provides that sense of narrative so um a lot of the games are, are focused on narrative as opposed to points, as opposed to um, rules-led behavior, right? And that means people break the rules, you know, and, and suddenly there's this responsibility. You know, you, you get to the thing and say, well, as players, the rules are not responsible for us having fun. You know, we mm-hmm. are. <laughs> and that, yeah. and that bring out your ladies is, I suppose, for want of a better phrase, designed, and I'd say organically designed, but it brings that that aspect out of players, right? So, yeah, basically we, we dismiss... The, the tournament nomenclature immediately. Obviously, Blood Bowl is the exception, right? If you're playing Blood Bowl, well, you're playing a tournament, right? It's, uh, but it's the, the rule set's designed to do that, so. Um. Our question of the month for May 2024 is, what rules have you created or adapted to improve your favorite gaming system? This might be a homebrew rule or something you've ported over from another game. The point is, you tried it, it worked well, and you kept on using it. Head on over to bedroombattlefields.com forward slash voicemail to submit your answer. That's bedroombattlefields.com forward slash voicemail. And now back to the show. I remember uh, just what you saying that. I remember 
we used to get taken to Game Swap Shop for our birthday, you know, when I was, mm. it must have been like 12 or something, and me and my friend, and of course the guy in the shop, um, he asked us if we want to play Warhammer, and they've got the proper table, the fully painted army, nothing that we'd ever had before had yeah. access to. And I remember uh, he was setting up the forces, and he was obviously, again, he, he would have had to play it properly, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so he took, I, I can't remember, I think I had a high elf army, and it's this big griffin, and he took that away because it, there wasn't the points left. So he said, oh, we can't use that. And I'm 12 years old. I'm thinking, but why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't you use it? <laughs> why don't we like, take something else away? Take these. I don't want yeah, these like, people. Who these people are about? Why, why, why can't you just put them all on? I was yeah, yeah. thinking, like, you know, I, I, I want to use them all. Why wouldn't you? Because I, I couldn't comprehend that because us as a small group of friends, we just used everything we had, which wasn't much. But you're like, well, why wouldn't you use it? It's painted. Uh, even exactly if it wasn't right. painted, I would use it. So... Um, yeah, it's funny that it's just the two different approaches, isn't it? Storytelling and fun versus um, I'm trying to win this, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, so how how long has Bring Out Your Lead been going then? We started 2013. Yeah, 2013. We started 2013, that's right, at uh, the old site in Nottingham. And then, yeah, so 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, at 7. Obviously, we missed 20 because COVID, um, and we've just done this one now. So, yeah, we're on the eighth one now over, over a period of nine years. So, What was its, what was its initial genesis then? How did, it, how did it come about in the first place? Well, so, yeah, back, back in the day, <laughs> we're talking probably 2011, right? Um, I guess there were people, not many, Right, that were um, interested in Old Hammer, or, and it didn't have a name then, but, you know, interested in the older stuff. And I guess they had started blogging about it. And 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 this this is my story as well, right? I I, I remember playing at a at a club in Salisbury and having tried to set up a narrative game for no other reason than I didn't have enough painted figures to meet somebody else's points value, right? So I thought, well, okay, don't worry, you play with your massive force, I'll play with my tiny force. But instead of playing a regular game, what we'll do is we'll make some kind of objective, which just blew the guy's mind. Couldn't deal with it at all. And, you know, he, we, we just had a really, you know, a really unsatisfying game for me. I'm sure he loved it, you know, but it, uh, it was, it, for me, it was kind of like this, not a rage quit, but like I came home and thought to myself, I, I genuinely don't understand it, why I'm doing this because I'm not having fun. My, and that night, I remember, so I go home, I... I Google some stuff, and I remember third edition. Third edition is my happy, safe place. I don't have third edition at this point. Obviously, I had it as a kid that, that you know that that went away. However, however they do, um, and so I think I know. I'm going to Google some stuff. I'm going to buy me some third edition books because I just love those, and I, f- I feel like I want some goodness back, right? And in the back of that, basically, I come across some blogs. I came across some other people that kind of had this similar feeling, right? This frustration towards the tournament scene, this this thought that you're not playing a game now, we're practicing for some bigger, better game in the future for a tournament. You're practicing for a tournament, right? That that's what this guy was doing. It drove me nuts. Um and I remember you know, as as we started collect so I started a blog that night or, or that week at any rate, I started a blog as well. Um and we start these few people and I remember when you started it was less than ten. <laughs> four or five blogs that I could find the people that were legitimately interested in this stuff and, and blogged about it. But we obviously started talking, you know, one person puts a comment on another person's blog and, you know, and suddenly it's like, Hey, you like the thing? I like the thing. 
we, we should be digital friends. Um, and then what we realized, of course, is that as more people became involved, and I'm not talking massive numbers, you know, like maybe up to 20 heads become involved, we realized that literally none of us live anywhere near each other. And I'm not talking like within an hour or two hours, like we, we couldn't have had a more diverse spread across the UK <laughs> than we did. Um, and obviously some of them are, 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 are even overseas, right? Some, some of them we just wrote off, we're never going to see those people there in the States. But the point is for those that we could, we started talking about, well, how would we get together? Um, and there's a chap, um, I suppose his, his, his name, his digital name is Ernie Roma which is a third year throwback, by the way. But um, he was a chairman. Dave Gilson is his name. He was the chairman of a club in Cambridge. And so initially we started with, uh, well, if you're the chairman of a club, because the thing is, if you're organizing an event, what I don't want is people to have to move tables. And, you know, you, you, I need an event. Uh, you, you need tables, you need scenery, you need toilets, right? You need parking. Those, those, are, those are the key. You know, well, if you don't have those things, it becomes really hard. To, to make the thing work, right? Not impossible, but harder, right? Exponentially harder, especially for people traveling these massive distances. Um, but anyway, so he's the chairman of a club. He's, he's obviously got all of these facilities, right? So that's, that's when I started talking to him. And there wasn't much, <laughs> there wasn't much traction, wasn't kind of happening. Um, and I remember at the same time, we discovered that Foundry had, you know, kind of, a lot of us didn't know that Foundry had, had obviously been there since the beginning. Um, and still had the historical ranges and obviously was run by the Ansel family who, you know, were involved in, in the, the foundations of Games Workshop and the, the thing it currently is today. Um, but we kind of discovered that and we're like, oh, wow, this is nice. So they have a spiritual connection, right? So we always thought, well, we should approach them maybe. You know, so they were number two in the list, right? And then there was a, there was a third option, I forget. It was a pub, I think, maybe in Windsor. I can't remember. But um, the point is, I, was, I remember talking to, to Dave, you know, like sending an email saying, what are we going to do? How does this work? Can you get back to me? Um, and that night or that day, Marcus Ansel, who I think is the oldest son um, in, in the Ansel family, puts a message on one of the blogs, right, saying, by the way, if you guys ever want to run an event, <laughs> just just let us know. And I'm like, I read the message, I wrote the email. <laughs> I sent it right, and and Marcus was super responsive, right? It's, uh, and that's that's what set it up, and that that was 2013. But we set that up for the summer, and I remember we we got we uh, we had a conference call, right? With like at the time, I suppose the the lead. I don't say the leading, the the, the bloggers who responded, the most responsive bloggers, um, to try and talk about what that was going to be, and it was a very organic event. Like we, you know, we didn't like it wasn't an event, you know, but we did, we had this discussion about. You know, what are you going to do on the day? What does it look like? Um, you know, do we charge? Do we charge? You know, what, what does that all look like? Um, and, you know, we kind of, we had this conversation and, and we laid that out, right? And then when, when Bring Out Your Lead actually happened that first time, and this is now in, in Foundry's, um, their Nottingham site, so that they had, uh, I think it used to be a, an abattoir, right? Um, but it was, it was a great site, right? but it was kind of like in a, you know, not a great place in Nottingham. Um, and we went there, and, and so we were playing, and it was fine. They had all the tables, and it was great, and we were having a good time. And then what happened is Diane, you know, the, the I guess the, the 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 matriarch of the Ansel clan, you know, um, I suppose the the person who runs Foundry right now, um, and indeed the person that, that really backs up all of the organisation that I do, right? The, the the real powerhouse behind the event is is she. Um, she said to us, "What?" Well, 
did, did you guys want us to, to make some food for you? And, <laughs> you know, because we were in this dodgy part of Nottingham and kind of nobody really knew. We didn't have a good plan. You know, nobody thought about that. Right? It was all about getting into play games. And she said, oh, well, you know, we can do some catering if you like. You can make some. And and this is, you know, this, this is what cemented the thing because, of course, the other side of the um, – of of the world is, is how do you cater for these gamers, right? And so Diana just solved that problem. Suddenly now there, now there was catering, there was affordable catering, it, it was good catering, and we had everything. Now we had parking, we had tables, we had scenery, we had you know toilets, clean toilets, we had food, you know, and and in fact, and their licenses had alcohol as well. So <laughs> it, it was just a terrible top, right? Yeah, so it, it it was just a match made in heaven. So. Um, off the back of that, we then decided, well, we should we should do that again. That was a really, you know, we all had a great great uh, great weekend playing games there, um, and yeah, and that's that's it, it was very organic, right? And that's that's how it started. Off the back of Marcus saying, "Hi, you should you should you should contact us if you want to do this." Did you call it "Bring Out Your Lead" that first time? It's a great name. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love to claim credit, but it wasn't mine actually. So the, the person and I, I refer to him frequently. If you had to ask me how how I got into Old Hammer, it's off the back of a guy called Steve Beals. He has a blog called Somewhere the Tea's Getting Cold. You should look at that if you want to see pure Old Hammer. Right, just chat. If you're really feeling, you know, out of inspiration, just just go back there, right, and just go go back to 2010. Do do what you want. But it was his blog <laughs> was foundational in my decision. Do you know I don't. I don't need you anymore, Games Workshop. I'm going back. I'm going back in the, the old ways. But um, he he was the, he coined it. He put together an army for this 2013 event, and and he had titled it "Bring Out Your Lead," and so that became the the name. And it's it's an unfortunate name when you now look at it because the Empoil, you know, there's there's so many other cooler things we could have called it, but <laughs> that's that's the name that stuck, and um, and that's what it is now. You know. So having a Having the involvement of the Ansel family, are there any other um, Games Workshop household names for back in the day that, that get involved in the whole thing? Uh, not from an organisational perspective, but they do come. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that even even some of them just had a morbid fascination. But, um, you know, so we've had – I think a lot of them love the fact that there's people that genuinely love – if you think like in their careers, you think take a guy like Rick Beasley, right? And, I mean, you know, he's not going to look back in third edition and think, wow, that was the rule set. You know, totally nailed that one. That was my best work ever. <laughs> He's going to point to other rule sets, right, as, as professionally better things. But I think the fact that there are some people that love what he did so much to the point that they will go and spend some money to stay in a hotel and buy these old figures and, you know, kind of this, you know, it, 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 it's nothing but affirmative, right? And it's the same for the artists. It's the same for all these people. So I think, you know, they, I think they love just being able to talk about it, right? Um, as well, so we've. I mean, exactly. Rick, Rick has been there. Nigel Tillman's been there. Uh, you know, John Blanche came. You know, to play. And uh, you know, Tony Ackland is there. Tony Yates is there. The Tony Howe came. Uh, you know, even people, folk from from other studios come through as well. You know, the um, Stallard. You know, the people that run Warlord Games now. You know, involved in games workshop. This, you know, is the lead belt, and these people come to to see, right? To, to see and. and you know, kind of remember some of the stuff, right? And then they do like, look at these things and go, like, "Well, I remember that." Or, you know, and and obviously there's the stories of like of, of how how badly put together the thing really was, right? To to hear how you know people actually even put these books together is 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 amazing stuff. But they're, they're not there organizationally, and there's no, the, you know, we we don't. It's, it's not like, a, oh, wow, we've organized, we've racked up these four celebrities for you to come and see, right? It doesn't work that way. Like, we, we don't know any sooner than anybody else who's going to be there on the day. 
<laughs> Kev, uh, Kev Adams, I suppose, is, is your resident name. He he's he does a lot of work for Foundry still, so he's he's partially, uh, you know, he's he's a he's a fixed name, I suppose, almost, you know, because because he does the face sculpting as as well, and yeah, he's he's attached, but um, yeah, loads loads of them. What we realise, of course, is they're all getting older, you know. So there's there's a you know that gradually it becomes harder for them to come, you know, literally because of health. The games on the day, so again, we've covered that it's not a tournament, but how do the games actually work uh, on the day? So what we found, they've kind of evolved over the years, right? In the beginning, people wanted to play the games that they couldn't play anywhere else, right? So you had these really massive games, these big sieges, these kind of 20,000-point behemoth games, right? And what people found was that, you know, they were struggling with the fear of missing out. Right, so if you were stuck on your big siege game, what they meant is you couldn't be involved in that realm of chaos game over there. Right, so people have gradually worked. <laughs> what you want is small games that are easy to get on and easy to get out of. Right, so that you can go to your next game or you can be involved somewhere else. And it, and also something that enables people. You know, it's a low bar of entry for people who are traveling. You know, people might have massive armies, but if you come from the states, you you can't bring them with you. Right, you, you you've got to bring so you bring a small chosen force, or you've got to do some some pretty serious logistics work to, to get anything useful, you know, to a different country. And I and I, you know, I I'm so grateful that I live in the same country as <laughs> country because the thought of posting an army, you know, and le- leaving my things in the care of UPS or whatever is is just horrifying. Right, you can, you can feel your testicles kind of curling inwards at the thought. <laughs> but the um the uh, so the point is the games, I guess generally tend to be they're big and impressive when you look at them but they're designed to be easy to get in and out of right so most of the games will end on time we we have kind of three slots a day there's basically morning afternoon and evening slot right so some people have games that run across two or three slots there's no problem with that at all but we tend to find most people will, will try and shrink the games that they have into the into the slot so that they can get out and go and you know, they'll run one game and then they go and play in another game. And then that way they, they, they get around all the games as much as possible. Um, that said, there are enough diehards that, you know, just like to play against each other and they haven't seen each other for the year. So I say diehard, that sounds bad. But, you know, just people who don't don't want to participate with anybody else. They just want to book a table, play, play a game with friends and, and go home. You know, and so you'll see games like that as well. So, um, But this this year was nice because it was smaller. We did see there was a there were well there was a massive game on the Friday, um, which I haven't seen for a while. What we what we do see we've seen this a few times. The, the big tables in the marquee we have two kind of big executive tables. I mean, kind of marketed as twelve by six, but but actually some of them are even you know the, the one is seven feet across in the middle. Um, that one those tables tend to have these kind of participation games so that you like hell's reach you've seen coaches, a lot of people see pictures of hell's reach you know harry and team brought this, this kind of big fantasy layout the one year and the intent of that although it's one piece of scenery and i, I suppose in your head one kind of narrative you know what you're really seeing is um lots of games different people playing different games right next to each other in the same scenery layout and they can interact with each other if they choose to but they don't have to right and that's also a nice way to you know people get to to, to have the this amazing backdrop for actually for a very small game for themselves so um that's that's and again there's there's no rule set that covers that sort of thing right that's that that's all organic stuff that, that people have worked out um 
What uh, what rule sets tend to be the ones that people are working off of? I know they won't be um, sticking to them always verbatim, but uh, what rule sets do we tend to see? Um, well, third edition, fantasy, rogue trader. I mean, you see second editions, a few second ed scenarios that come out, but people bring second ed from the scenarios, and, you know, Bloodbath of Orcs Drift, the Terror of the Leechmaster. They don't bring second ed just for the sake of second ed, right? Um, obviously, there's a fair chunk of third edition fantasy, Rogue Trader, second edition 40K, um, fourth edition to fifth edition fantasy. Um, we don't, there is a smattering of sixth and eighth edition fantasy. I've never seen any 40K beyond second edition. It's not, it's not welcome, but it's just, I haven't seen that. Um, and then, I mean, some people bring, you know, the modern games workshop stuff. The, you know, I, I wish I knew what they were called, right? I, I, Gloomspire, Gloomhaven, something like that. I, I can't remember. That's a different game. Gloomhaven is a board game. But, <laughs> you, can, you can play that too if you want, by the way, but nobody does. But the, whatever the hell the new Warhammer things are called, you know, the, the, they bring that, right? Age of Sigma. They, you do get people to play the little, that little hex board, um, you know, with, with the enormous plastic figures. And they're, they're just as welcome. Um, Dark Future's been getting a lot of love, I've noticed. Um, and then some people will, yeah, make make up their own thing. So you like, um, you get a lot of skirmish gaming that that's made up of like sh shadows of um, rangers of shadow deep. I think it's called um, mm, mm. the um, star grave, frost grave. You know those those games. I think there's there's people that run that as well. So, but you know, yeah. most mostly it's the old games workshop systems, but it's not confined to that at all. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Get any get any battle masters hero quest? See those on? Oh um, yeah, of course. Show? Oh yes, I forgot about those. Um, I haven't seen battle masters, but I have seen um, there's the hero quest. Yeah, there's the, this this was the first year I've not seen any kind of dungeon crawl something, right? But yeah, hero quest, advanced hero quest. Um, there's there's almost always a table that that has some of that on it. Do you see any any cool conversions with miniatures? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's a yeah yes. <laughs> People work hard. You're going back to that, that brinksmanship side. There's a there's a, there's obviously there's a there's a poisonous side to the brinksmanship, but sometimes you do get this, this beautiful thing where it's like, well, I made a figure out of six, impossibly hard to find modeling kits. So, well, I made one out of seven. Says so, you know, and, and there's this and they beat these amazing kits, right? They just mean you know that people have butchered with pride, if you if you know what I mean, and and only made you know just the. the it's it's the thing that fits into the ethos the most, right? Which is I did not value and respect how rare that thing was. What I did was chop it up and make another thing even more impossibly rare than the than the thing that it was before. And and I love it and I'm happy, right? So yeah, yeah. No, you do. You get you get some amazing stuff out there. And then now you can say which is the one you you love the most. I'm like I don't remember any of them. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do any conversions with your miniatures? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I. I especially like working with metal, right? And I know that's harder, right? But uh, there's the, the challenge of converting metal figures and pinning them and just getting the green stuff to do, you know, making it work, I, I do, yeah. Made any, is it characters you tend to create or? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess in my head, so probably I'll, I'll have to send you links, I suppose you can see these things. But um, I made, so I made a Grom, my own kind of Grom figure out of a squig. Right, so um, to, because Grom wasn't big enough, I needed a bigger, bigger, fatter Grom. Um, uh, you know, so I, I did that, and uh, you know, and I did, 
do some chain mail, you know, with green stuff. So, I mean, that, that was, that's a, you know, that's a conversion, I suppose. I've recently done a mummy and a manticore, right? So, you know, that you get that derpy manticore with a necromancer on it. I forget what his name is. Somebody Hellsnick. Um, and it's really, like, it's an ugly, that is an ugly manticore, right? There's a special training to make something that looks as ugly as that, right? There's nobody can just make one of those. It was hideous, right? But we all love it because it's the ugliest thing, one of the ugliest things games I've ever made. But, you know, and I looked at that trying to, how do, how do I, how do I work with this thing, right? And so I had to repose it, you know, like it's standing up on a tree and it's kind of leaning over its wings are in a different position. There was quite a lot of work to, you know, fix all of the, the sins with green stuff. But uh, that's, that was the most recent one that I've done. Um, I've got to, you know, I made this, <laughs> a friend of mine, <laughs> so ironically, a friend of mine is, um, he's, you know, like I'm, I'm not into competitive play at all, right, anymore. Um, and a friend of mine is kind of like, he's an ETC team captain, right? Like he's just... You know, we never played games of one because we'd, we'd probably end up fighting. But it's, you know, he's he's just got all this dirty horror and he's got all these lists that are just designed to make people cry, right? And and with that, of course, comes the figures, you know. And when you're at ETC level, I mean, you're, you're spending hundreds of pounds on, on figures, right? I, I remember he, he asked if he could store a bunch of stuff in my shed, you know, so in my garage here when we still had one. And, um, and he said, but if you want to make any of the stuff, you can, right? And so he, he had just sprues and sprues and sprues of titans, right? Because I, I guess that, that was the thing that was going to win. So I remember taking one of these titans. And I, met, I was looking at the titan and thinking, I've, I've never re- I just never really got titans. Right? I, I like titans. I like big group robots as much as the next node. But uh, this titan system makes sense. Um, but I was looking at the bits and there were the, these beautiful organic shapes, you know, that make up, I guess, the shoulder blade. And eventually... So I bet you I can make a little tank out of that. <laughs> and so I did. You know, to my point of pride, I was, you know, is having taken hundred of hundred pound you know, kind of kit and, you know, and obviously something that's probably worth like a thousand points in the game and rendering it into some 40 point, you know, useless tank. You know, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. But again, you know, it's, it's I love it. So my favorite little plastic conversion, this dopey little tank. I'd do it again if I could get more of those, but I'm not. I'm not paying the money, right? <laughs> He's taking all this stuff back, and it's like, I'm, I don't know. If, I don't know if I offended him with that move. <laughs> <laughs> here's a here's a serious and important question. If you had to replace your car with any vehicle or mode of transport or anything from the old Hammer era, what would you What would you like to go about the town in? Would you fancy taking the Snotland pump wagon to your work? <laughs> This is a. Can you can you name all the old things? You know, vehicles. Vehicles. I mean, because I suppose if you're looking for quality, you you maybe want a dwarf to build it. But then the Empire were pretty handy at, at building stuff too, weren't they? But then, like I say, the Snotland pump wagon. Can you not take that? <laughs> Imagine parking that outside your work. Yeah. No. Well. Exactly. I mean. I mean. It, it would have to. I, I, yeah. What would I take? What would I take? I. I. You know. Probably. When I. So my first. Yeah. Do you know what? I mean, it's it's it's. I guess it's a kind of a like-for-like thing, but but you know, in in Rogue Trader, the orcs had these little dozy buggies, and they replaced them with these horrible plastic ones. But in the beginning, they were these tiny little metal, kind of little buggies, and it's with the dude behind it, the gun that was impossibly close to the driver's head. I'd have one of those. That's. Uh, I I loved, and I I, I I I remember that thing fondly because the first game I ever played ever with miniatures had one of those in it, right? And I remember going up against Space Marines. And they just had these ridiculous tanks and everything was ridiculous, right? <laughs> and there was this, this dozy little buggy with two guys and one of them had a gun. And that, that was it. That was the that was the vehicle, right? And you know, and and so yeah. I'd have one of those. 
what would you have as a pet? What would you like to walk around the park with? Would you take like a squig or um, maybe one of the big beasts of Norgal or something? Imagine getting one of them on a lead. Oh, yeah. Take them the yeah, park. I'd do that. I'd love to have one of those on a lead. Yeah, I'd go with that piece of Norgal. Until it came to picking up the excrement. <laughs> Um, that, yeah, that no, there's, 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 I'd like to do. If I have one of those, I'll probably have servants to, to deal with some some of the horror. Right, the <laughs> let's, 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 let's let's chase this fantasy right down to the very end. Right, it's, I'm surrounded by thousands <laughs> of pieces of gold, and, and yeah, exactly. I I live in a castle with ravens flying around the top of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think I love the idea of the of the being playful. Right, the, the, these playful demons of Nogon. So. Do you ever pick up any of the new old hammery stuff? You know, like Nightmare, uh, Die Hard, Midland Miniatures. That yeah, yeah, like- yeah, that's right. I do, I do have some stuff. Yeah, so um, you know, I, I, I forget where they come from. <laughs> you see the Kickstarter, like, yeah. So I'll have one of those. That looks like the thing, you know. So, it, but yeah, no, I, I do. So I've got. I, I can't remember, and I wish I could give them the credit, but I genuinely can't remember. You know, but some somebody made like the, the, the you know, that there's that Space Marine kind of shooting a bunch of redemptionists um there's a picture and somebody's made made that scene right so i've got those for example um i think i think it's da diego serate i don't know if, if he oh yeah that's nightmare, nightmare. Yeah. nightmare. I, he's got a you know so he made space grom so i've got i try and collect all the groms i've got this thing with grom i don't know why but i've got space grom from him and a couple of other things that he did um you know yeah, I, 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 and not heavily. I don't, I'm not going, like, so, like, you know, I remember um, somebody made, like, the Turnid Cult. It's Gene Seater Cult, sorry. Um, you know, they made some really awesome figures. But I thought, oh, I'd love to get on that, but I never did. So there, there's some that I, I, and I don't know if they're available anymore. Right? Um, I certainly think I'd like to flesh out a fourth third Empire Force one day. I don't want to pay recasters ridiculous fees you know the, as new so i'll probably end up going for white knight to cover that which probably isn't much cheaper but at least it's it's pure right so yeah and i'm not opposed to it i think it's a good idea i'm glad that there are companies that are bringing design aesthetics that that, that same thing we we're talking about the, the love of the artist i think they, they an artist makes a figure he likes and it's it's cast in a, in a single in a, in a single you know it's cast as a single figure it's, it's not multi-part you know and, and then they, they deal with all the challenges of trying to spin mold one of those right so we're just about out of time, Garth. It's been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Where might the listener uh, check you out online? Any blog links or anything like that that I could include in the show notes? <laughs> well, my, my, my blog is, I haven't touched my blog for years, right? But it's, it's called Warhammer for Adults. Um, so some of those conversions you'll see that I spoke about. Um, I keep promising myself I'll bring it up to date, but I just haven't got there, right? Real life, jobs, kids, family, dogs, fish. Um, but, and then of course, I suppose bring out your lead is bring out your lead.co.uk. Um, it's not an amazing web page. Uh, and there's, that's because we don't, the whole aesthetic of bringing out your lead is to not pay any money, right? So <laughs> we do our best. So the web, the web page follows the same aesthetic, right? We, we, we don't, we could do much better things, I know. You know, for even very little money, but it's it's good enough to tell you about bringing out your lead, right? But that's that's probably it. I don't really participate much on Facebook. Um, I don't know why. I don't really, you know, I like you. I, I don't. I don't really like social media. I don't get it. I like looking at the old pictures. You know, um, 
but yeah, it's it's mainly it's probably more of a timing thing. So yeah, I'm I'm not really present. But if, I mean, the point is, you can reach out to me on Facebook if if you want to talk to me about bringing it later or, or anything. You can do that. You know, most people get me on Messenger or at the Bring Out You Later. I think it's admin at Bring Out You Later UK. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast. For show notes, subscribe links and info about how to appear as a guest on a future episode, go to bedroombattlefields.com slash podcast.